reading from the, the Majulila. There's a chapter 24 of 25, I forgot, but text 34. Jai Jai Sri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jai Advaita Chandra Jai Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Kyanando Hoyla se Bikshukara Gare Emata Koti Kakare Prabhu Vishvambare Who can describe the ecstasy? Wait, wrong verse. It's 37. Takarera Eka Shisha Sri Vijaya Das. Se maha purushe kichu deki la prakash. There was a student of the Lord named Sri Vijay Das. The great soul had a divine vision. Omagana timarandasya gananjana shalakaya. Taksur unmulatamyena tasmai sri gurave namaha. Sri Chaitanya Mano Bistam Gapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Sapadantikam Vanchakalpa Turubyas Cha Kripa Sindhu Bayevacha Patitanam Pabanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Nama Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunityananda Siadvaita Gadadhar Shivas Adi Gaur Bhakta Vrinda. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So there are two biographies of, there's three, but two main ones. Chaitanya Bhagavat and Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, and I always like that title, The Character of the Life Force in Immortality. In immortality is when we act according to the soul, which is as a servant of Krishna, who is a grateful person, a compassionate person, a humble person and ultimately a very devotional person. So the Chaitanya Bhagavat and the Chaitanya Charitamrita, one of the main themes is to show you what those people look like so that we can emulate them and be inspired. A very important part of society is exemplars, people that you could look up to because the whole society then will move in that direction, which is why in a Vedic society, the sannyasis were the gurus of all other varnas and ashram. And the reason was, is because 
people are here in the material world with fruit of consciousness, they need an example of renunciation. Otherwise, it looks like the most abhorrent thing. When I took sannyas from Satsrup Maharaj, he told us when he took sannyas and that Prabhupada's main instruction is you should be happy in your renunciation. Not that you go to a rich man's house and think, oh, I could have had that. You should be happy in the renunciation. And therefore people should see that ultimate happiness is not to enjoy and control. It's to renounce, to renounce that consciousness and to serve. But because our faith is to enjoy and control, therefore we, 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 we emulate that. And therefore our heroes in society are people who have the accoutrements of power that can do that. Beautiful people. Models, wealthy people, powerful people. But the Chaitanya Charitamrita wants to give it an, another type of example. The example of one whose heart is filled with humility and devotion and how beautiful that is. And how much we should aspire for that and reverse the direction that we're going in, which is to occupy the center. And therefore, seek honor and praise. And seek power and desire power. It may not be as gross as a, a government head, but subtly it's there within all of us. But it's really wonderful to see a person who is detached from everything but the will of God. And how beautiful that is because that person is moving by love. And that's the most attractive thing. When a person is moving for love, he's not moving to the center. He's moving to put others in the center. And even if he has a position as a guru or a head of a family or a position of power, he's only doing it as a service to Krishna, a service to guru. He's never in that consciousness that I'm in the center. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur wrote an article about when he was honored on Vyasa Puja. And he was describing that one who thinks he's guru is gorao. That's an animal. No. Guru means to think of oneself as servant. Vaishnav means to think of oneself as servant. Is there any service for me? And if there's any competition we have, it's to serve. It's not Janmaishvarya, Shruta Shribir, Edamana. It's not 
our aristocratic birth, our opulence, our education, our beauty, our aristocracy. That is glorious. What is glorious is our devotion, which is equal to our dainya or utter humility. That's so attractive. And we see people like that. Yesterday, Leela Velasini, she sends me pictures from Vrindavan. Is she now staying in Govardhan? And a sadhu that I know visited her house and the sadhu was just sitting there with them. And it's so attractive. So attractive. He's a follower of Prabhupada that lives in, in Govardhan. It's so attractive. Just a simple cloth that he has. And then I can imagine his room, you know, very simple. Because when you see that, you see a person's happy, you understand they have something else. It's certainly not their opulence and their power and their sex life. They have something else. And that something else is eternal and it's with the soul. It's what they have not only is congruent and harmonious with the self, but what they have is something that cannot be taken away, cannot be lost. And if you do it properly, never lost. Neha bikramanasho sti pratyavayo navidyate svalpam apyasya dharmasya There's no loss or diminution. So this should be our faith, and we'll get we'll get this kind of faith by hearing about these people. Bhakti is simply the feeling, I want this and I want the right thing. I want to be a servant of Krishna. I want to be a servant of Guru, and I want to be a servant of Krishna. I want to be a servant of the Vaishnavas. And I want to be the servant of everyone. So we heard about one such person, Shuklambar, Brahmachari, who Lord Chaitanya wanted to eat his cooking. But eating his cooking meant he wanted to taste his bhav. He wanted to taste his love. Because that's real pleasure. Real pleasure is didati pritagrinati. Exchanging love is real pleasure. Giving gifts, accepting gifts, guyam atyachi pritchati. Giving our knowledge learning from others, bhunte bojyate chaiva, giving prasadam, accepting prasadam. So Lord Chaitanya wanted to taste his love and what, what, what attracted Lord Chaitanya. Yeah, what did Bhakti Siddhanta said? We should not want to see God, but we should act in such a way that God wants to see us. 
And what does that weigh? It's devotion. It's a heart filled with devotion and there's nothing more beautiful than a heart filled with devotion. We know it. But to be that, that's what we have to be inspired for. So now there's another story here and it's about a student and he had a divine vision. He actually saw Lord Chaitanya's opulences and Lord Chaitanya tell him, I'm showing you this, don't tell anybody. So again, he attracted Lord Chaitanya's mercy. There was no writer in Navadweep as expert as him. He copied many books for the Lord. So there were no printing presses. So one thing was people would copy books. And he did this as service for Lord Chaitanya. I think books are taking too cheaply now. I can see that. People buy books to put it on their shelves and not read, actually a lot often, but books were such a precious thing. And because they were were handwritten, basically meant people didn't have books. So how would they learn? They'd have to go to teachers who had books. Where the teacher can explain it and communicate it. He can give you the message and then he can communicate it according to who you are. The same message will be shaped in different ways. Think of someone close to you who's not a devotee and explain to them, read, read, read from them the Bhagavatam, some passage. Now read the same passage to someone who you is fixed in devotion and then explain those passages to both. It will be different. So a teacher is required, Acharya Purusho Veda. We understand the Vedas by the teacher not just by the books, but by the teacher who can communicate that message to us. My next Monday morning greeting will be called the in defense of definition, it's about definition. And my whole point is how important in society it is for us to understand things and be understood and how therefore how how important it is therefore for us to respect language and to try to use it properly you know that book 1984 my god i was always thinking this book 1984 by george orwell i think most of my audience is probably familiar with that book. 
but it described what would happen in the future if there was a totalitarian government. Um, and how they would use language called doublespeak. I can't think of an example offhand, but you say one thing and you actually mean another. If we want to avoid the truth, then change the language so that it's not specific, so that the language can accommodate you without being challenged. It's like a, a, a trick. You use a word and you, you, you brand it in a way where you get credit for following the truth, but you don't actually do it. If the definition was not precise, you allowed the definition to include things that don't belong so you feel good. Therefore, Srila Rupa Goswami and Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu in the very first, not first verse, but right at the beginning, he defines devotion very, very precisely. So it doesn't have the defect of being too narrow. You define devotion in a way that it doesn't include who is a devotee and therefore you commit offenses. For example, if you think devotee means only one with shaved head as a man and wearing a dhoti. If that's your definition of devotee, then you won't be able to honor great devotees that are not in that dress. Or if you extend it too far, you'll include within devotion things that don't belong, which may be a very convenient definition because you could feel I am a devotee because this is how it's defined, but you defined it in such a broad way that you're a, you're a Mayavadi and you're a devotee. Like Bhakti Fest. I have, I have friends with the head of Bhakti Fest. I think he's a very nice man. But at least in terms of our tradition, his definition of bhakti can include those who don't believe in God or don't believe that God is a person or who believe that this whole world is illusion. So the definition of bhakti, according to us, would be too broad. And therefore, in the name of bhakti, people can say I'm a bhakta, but not have any connection with God. Anyway, <coughs> books were written down. I want to stay here. And he would write them down for Lord Chaitanya. And he was so expert. That's why in, in when you're doing Sanskrit books, sometimes you have to, you have to get many different copies because sometimes these manuscripts were written down and, and there'll be variants. Some mistakes will be made in copying it down. So a scholar will get several editions and make a critical edition. But you look at the different editions of it 
and see where there is some difference and resolve it by having many additions. And then he makes what's called a critical condition. Anyway, there, there wasn't anybody as, as, as expert at this person. You know, it, it's also another interesting point is if there were no books in ancient times, or if you go back in history, then books only go back so far. It doesn't necessarily indicate that back there people were primitive and they don't have books. It could be they were more advanced because they would learn just by hearing. Originally, it was just an oral tradition. And there were people who were Shruti Dara. Shruti Dara means hearing once they can remember. It's, it's a term. There's actually people like that still in India, Shruti Dara. They can hear once and they can remember. People's, you know, right now, I know to write and edit, everyone has to have a computer. But 40 years ago, people wrote great books. They, how did they do it without a computer? Without being able to do all the things when you're on a computer. How did people write such great books? They did it in the mind. The mind was so much more evolved. And what happens now, I think, is that our minds are weakened by all the dependence on all the, the things that we have. So we'll go on. People called them Ankariya Vijay because they were devoid of devotion. They did not know his glories. Well, you have a different faith. That, that's there in the story of Kamsa. We're reading the story of Kamsa that when he sent Keshi demon to Vrindavan, he was representing Kamsa. And he thought this noble Kamsa, this noble king. So people have different visions. That's why we make, we make the point many times that perception is not just dependent on the senses, it's also dependent on the intelligence. Gyanu chakshus, do you see through knowledge? And therefore you can recognize something and therefore one particular thing, look at the political thing. One party thinks the other side's demoniac and, 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 and vice versa. Vice versa and each side is completely convinced without giving a, 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 a conclusion of it, that it's just a point that people are seeing the same things, but they see it in different ways. Because we filter things through our intelligence based on our samskars, our past samskars, what is good, what is bad. And if we don't have good samskars, then we'll appreciate the things that are bad and we will not like the things that are good. Some people hate deeply religious people. Some people love deeply religious people. So how much what we see is filtered through our past experiences? Or if you have trauma, a girl when she was young, her father treated her bad. So she develops the lens that men are bad or whatever tra trauma it is, or, or, the, or the boy is not hit by his mother. 
we filter things through our intelligence. And therefore, jnana chakshus, we have to learn to see through the Shastra. Not just our eyes and our mind. While laying down, the Lord placed his hand on the body of Vijay, who then saw something most wonderful. He saw the Lord's hand was long and mighty like a golden pillar and decorated with jeweled ornaments. So sometimes the Lord shows his opulences. Just like in the Brahma Mohan Leela, Krishna is sitting there and, and, and he has rice and yogurt and fruit in his hand and the way is dripping down his arms. And the demigod, Lord Brahma, comes to check it out because he's trying to figure out who is Krishna because Krishna had just killed this big Agasura demon. So he was hovering above and he said, Yagyabuk, Bala Keli. Is he that person who is eating the, the, the offerings of all the yagyas around India or is he Bali Keli? Or is he a young boy playing with his friends? And then Krishna exhibited his opulences to Lord Brahma. His Aishvarya, his power, and it's, uh, it was overpowering. So Krishna is God. He has that within him. But it's not his original or fullest manifestation because the fullest manifestation is of love or person. Okay, some of my famous quotes. Position covers personality. Because position means that you can't be friend, you can't be lover, you, you can only be boss. So position covers personality. But that position is still there. The person goes to the high court, he's the judge. But that's a very limited aspect of one. But if there's disrespect for that person, he may show them the form of the judge. So Krishna, for various reasons to inspire his devotees, sometimes shows his opulences, like he did to Arjuna in the universal form, and I believe he did to Advaitacharya in a previous chapter in the universal form where he shows his power. And it really invokes the devotee's devotion because it's the glory of his friend or the glory of his lover or the glory of his son. But that prime characteristic of love and relationship that someone has shown you remains prominent. So he saw the Lord, Lord, Lord's hand was long and mighty like a, like a golden pillar and decorated with jewel ornaments. All of his fingers were decorated with engraved jeweled rings. It appears as millions of suns and moons were brightly shining. So he had all these, it's just opulence. And it's attractive also. That effulgence spread up to the planet of Lord Brahma. On seeing the Lord's hand, Vijay became filled with transcendental ecstasy. 
when Shiva was a Vijay was about to shout, the Lord immediately placed his lotus hand over his mouth. So the main symptom of devotion is kirtan. When you have emotion, the first thing is to express it. Therefore, our main practice is kirtan and our main perfection is kirtan. When we are perfected, we do kirtan. The only difference, we do kirtan now to attain perfection. And then out of perfection, we do kirtan. I, I once did a, a seminar with Sachinandana Swami on this. Wow, this, what, how wonderful it was. This island of, this island of Kish. Beautiful, my God. And he gave me some topics to talk for 20 minutes. So I did one as Nam Kirtan as the essence of the Bhagavatam. And I described logically and systematically how the main theme was Kirtan. Both as the practice to attain perfection and the main activity of the spiritual world. When Mother Yasoda is cooking, she's singing. When the coward boys are going to the forest and coming back from the forest, they're singing. That's the main expression of love. So he was overwhelmed and, and this was so powerful. My Lord, my Lord. I remember taking, some of you remember Mother Indrani when I took her to Govardhan and she was right before the hill. She never thought she got there because she was a bit crippled and only because I met her and I saw she hadn't gone any place, I took her. And she went before that hill. She was a very pious and powerful elderly African-American Vaishnav. And she got before that hill, she folded her hands and she said, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord, hallelujah. So it, it's natural, but it, it, it real kirtan has to come from the heart. And when we are chanting our japa, japa, we really have to find that heart space, that emotion connected with Krishna. Today, I found it in a strong desire for Sadhu Sangha. And I'm not just talking about taking pizza in the MVT. I'm talking about advanced Vaishnavas, people whose hearts are drenched with love. That was my heart. Bhakti Shadanta Saraswati Thakur said that you should chanting should not be lip deep it should be heart deep bhakti is all about desire and the expression of desire so the lord didn't want this known he said as long as i remain in this world do not tell anyone about this incident after saying this the lord looked at vijay and smiled 
Then Vijay jumped up and roared loudly. The loud roaring of Vijay woke all the devotees. They tried to restrain Vijay, but they were unable. You ever become emotionally overcome? Maybe out of anger, or out of love, or out of tragedy, emotions can be very, very, very powerful. And they sometimes can overcome the intelligence. That's how most murders happen. So most murders happen. So, um, so he, he couldn't control himself. I, he, Lord Chaitanya put his hand on him and then revealed his opulences. And he saw that what would it be like if you were worshiping your deity and the deity's hands came out, put them on you, and then the most exquisite jewels in the world on those hands, the ultimate opulence manifested. And then the deity said, don't tell anyone. You would die inside. What to speak? You just may fall on the floor and start to scream immediately. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. After jumping about like a madman for a while, Vijay became absorbed in ecstasy and fell unconscious. As all the devotees realized that he had seen the Lord's opulence, they began to cry. The Lord asked everyone, what happened to Vijay? Why is he suddenly roaring loudly? The Lord further said, I think it is the influence of the Ganges for Vijay is particularly devoted to the Ganges. It is a very powerful experience to bathe in the Ganga. I've never seen something that you know, we practice, we may do yoga asans, we may do kirtans, we may chant. I never saw anything that so quickly alters the consciousness of our ignorance and our passion. And every, Whenever I go to the Holy Dham, the first thing I do is bathe. It used to be the Jamuna. I wouldn't even go to my, my place in Vrindavan. I take the car right to the bank of the Jamuna, and I'd be wearing my bathing suit on the plane under my dhoti. I take it out and get into that Ganga and, and that Jamuna and let the passion and ignorance that's been accumulated by trying to walk in this heavily, what Prabhupada saw when he was on the Jaladuta, he saw just passion and ignorance. Just so I can get even keel with Vrindavan, which is this transcendental spiritual land, just to get even keeled with it.
Otherwise, the Supreme Lord must be present in Shuklambar's house. Only Krishna knows what he has seen. He said, maybe when he was in Shuklambar's house, he saw Krishna. I don't know. Maybe only Krishna knows. After speaking like this, the Lord touched Vijay's body and brought him back to consciousness. Then all the devotees smiled. Although Vijay got up, he, he remained practically inert. For seven days, he wandered about naughty in that state. Vijay did not eat, sleep, or perform any bodily activities as he wandered about. No one could understand the mystery behind this. After some days, Vijay regained external consciousness. Such pastimes took place at the house of Shuklambar. Who has the power to describe the good fortune of Shuklambar, whose rice was eaten by Gorchand? In this way, Gorchand enjoyed pastimes with his associates in the house of the fortunate Shuklambar. By hearing about the mercy bestowed on Vijay and the acceptance of Shuklambar's rice, one attains the wealth of devotional service. I'll say that again, because I began with that point and I like that it's wound, we, we wound up with that point. By hearing about the mercy bestowed on Vijay and the acceptance of Shuklambar's rice, one attains the wealth of devotional service. This is inspirational. And we have to hear it again and again. In this way, Sri Sunda constantly performed pastimes in Navadweep that are glorified in the Vedas. Accompanied by Nityananda, the Lord daily enjoyed pastimes like this in the house of all the Vaishnavas. The body of the Lord was always agitated in the mellow's ecstatic love as he manifests symptoms of Matsya, Korma, Nishringa, Varaha, Vamana, Ramachanda, Buddha, Kalki, and Krishna, the son of Nandamaraj. So Lord Chaitanya is God and all the incarnations are with him because he's also Swayam Bhagavan. So they're just starting to manifest within him. In this way, the Lord assumed the forms and manifest the sentiments of his various incarnations on some pretext or another. The Lord manifest these sentiments and then withdrew them, but his sentiment as Balaram remained for many days. So he was just manifesting all the different sentiments of the incarnation, but somehow this, this Balaram, the mood of Balaram remained. The Lord would become intoxicated in the mood of Haladar and loudly chant, call out, bring wine, bring wine, because there was a, a wine made from honey that somehow they would use, called Baruni. Now he's in the mood of Balaram. Realizing Sri Gorsunda's actual intention in calling loudly, bring wine, Nityanandapur would bring a pot filled with the Ganges water. Ganges water is like nectar and it stimulates devotional feelings. 
it's stimulate it's so fortunate to live by the bank of the gung and bathe it stimulates devotional feeling we know how hard it is to get devotional feelings how we have to sit and our back up straight and focus on the holy name but this all you have to do is dip in the, in, in 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 the ganga with some humility the lord would roar and shout in such a way that the three worlds beginning from Narvadweep, shook. He would dance so wildly that if he fell to the ground, the earth would crack. The earth would sway along with the entire universe and the devotees become frightened on seeing that dancing of the Lord. When the devotees would sing the glories of Balaram, the Lord would lose consciousness in ecstasy. As the Lord staggered around the court lot like a greatly intoxicated person, he composed and recited various particular songs and poems. Anyway, it's a new story coming up, so of him being in the mood of Balaram, but today we did Sri Vijay. So anybody like to have any reflection? Haribo Maharaj. Haribo. Um, first, I, I, when you were talking about the Ganges, I, I was re, this, this past year is the first time I actually got to gun, go to the Ganges when I was my poor before your poor retreat. And I, I'm regretting that I didn't take a full bath. I was only able to offer. So they're like, oh. <laughs> but but I, I really appreciate your point about that we have to see through the eyes of Shastra and not through our own eyes and not through our intelligence because that's so clouded. And so we must again and again go to Shastra and not believe our, our rather limited and flawed senses. Yeah, and the idea is, is that our intelligence should be Shastra and not just Shastra, realize Shastra, applied so we actually realize. Mm-hmm. Because we want to be guided by the intelligence. But the problem is, is our intelligence becomes perverted with so many doctrines and so many ideas. So people act according to their intelligence and they come up with all kinds of crazy doctrines that cause harm and divide. But people believe in them. Mm-hmm. You know, so there, there's doctrines. So people, so it's, yeah, but ultimately... It's, it, it, that's the whole idea of having guru coming to a spiritual, you know, organization, whatever it is. It's to get educated, to have the right intelligence. That's what I said, a parent with a child, the child doesn't have intelligence. So the child is, I mentioned this many times, the child is obedient. The main thing for a young child is to be obedient so that to what? To his parents' intelligence. What do the parents do? They educate the child to the extent that the child becomes educated. They transfer the obedience that the child has, the mood of obedience the child has to them, to the child's own intelligence and gives the child more and more initiative. 
because if you act improperly, you suffer. So without knowledge, you're going to do things wrong and you're going to suffer. So the parent has to be confident now that the child can now use his intelligence. Okay, thank you, Jamuda Jaya. Hi, Bo. Hare Krishna Maharaj, it's Rajeshwari here. Rajeshwari, Hare Krishna. I really like the point as well, the, the point with Jamuna Jaya spoke because I have the I have the tendency to look through you know on on my life through the prism of my dramas, my own experiences. And it would be really wonderful for me to actually make Shastra as my default setting, you know, of how I see the world, how I see things around me. And another point which I felt really attracted to uh, was when you spoke um, about devotees, about people who are moved by love, who actually move to put others at the center rather than rather themselves and even if they are at the center it's for the service for krishna and others so i really like that thank you that's the key yeah. we have to be in a mood of a servant in whatever mm. we do that's yes. bhakti bhakti is best expressed by i got this from an introduction to the bhakti sandarbha bhakti is best expressed in seva which means loving responsiveness to the Lord through the faculties of mind, body, and words. Okay, thank you, Rajeshwari. Thank you, Hare Krishna. Anybody else like to say a point or say hello? Hare Krishna Maharaj, Tote Gopinath here. Okay, I got your message. I'll, I'll respond to it later. Okay. Okay, anybody else? Hi, Krishna Maharaj. Thank you for coming. Thanks, Gail. How's Nanda Dulao? Oh, he's in, um, still in the hospital waiting for a the bed results. in rehab. Yeah, okay. No, for, for a bed in rehab. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. A anybody else say hello? Hare Krishna Maharaj. Oh, Haribo. Thank you for the class. I, I, look, audience is more important than the speaker. Because without a speaker, there can be an audience. But without an audience, there can't be a speaker. Oh, this is so kind of you, Maharaj. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Okay, anybody else? Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, Narmasaki here. Oh. Thank you for the class. Thank you. Thank you, Guru Maharaj. Very good. Anybody else? Okay. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj. Okay. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Okay, nice to see you back. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. I, 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 I get a list. I see all the audience, so I know who's there. It's not necessary that, you know, but it's nice. 
Yeah, I think people like the personal touch. We get a sense of who our community is. Okay, one more person, and then I'm going. And if there's none, I'm just going to go. Hey, Bill Myers, back to Jack. Hey, Jack. Great. Nice class. Jersey strong. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Haribo. Haribo. I'm going to go because I delayed my breakfast and I will go up. <laughs>